It's unnecessary roughness. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20. 25. 30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him. 25. 20. 10. Ball game. Bye bye, Josh. 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. I have nothing to say. Oh, my goodness. Let's go home. <laughs> This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And we are live in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Both Ari and myself, we uh, came together on this first day of training camp. Now that first day of training camp is officially in the books. And man, I'll tell you what. I know yesterday I said that it felt like the first day of school. But today, it really felt like the first day of school at training camp, being able to see everybody out there on the field, seeing all the guys out there uh, participating, going from station to station, field to field, uh, drill to drill, whatever the case may be. Fans being there. There was a select few of fans that were there. Uh, A lot of people that I ran into. A lot of people that listen to the show all the time. Uh, I had one gentleman walk up to me and say, hey, whenever I'm picking up my son from school, I'm always listening to you guys. You know, he's sitting there around 2 o'clock, and I'm always listening to what you guys have to say, and so that's appreciative, and so it was really good. It was a great day to have a great day. Let's put it like that. That it wasn't too hot. Now, I know that that's a kiss of death, meaning it'll probably be like, you know, 120 tomorrow. But it was a, it was, it was a good day. Uh, of course, it's the first day of training camp, so I'm not going to overreact to anything I saw one way or the other. Not going to say, all oh, that was bad or that was good, but it was the first day of training camp. So what we saw is what we expected. But it was great to see that football activities are back. Great to see everyone excited about, you know, the upcoming season. And the rest of training camp, obviously, in preseason and all that good stuff. I mean, it's just it's good to see football back to the certain level that it's at right now. And, of course, it's going to get ramped up a lot more uh, in the meantime and between time. But, yeah, man, just happy to be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio this afternoon. And uh, also, just like I said, happy to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a little earlier today. JT the Brick was out there. The Morning Tailgate was out there. So, I mean, we've been all over the place already, and this is just the first day. So, please believe we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of training camp preseason and of course once we get into the regular season then you know it's a full go (laughs) so there you go Coming up onto the show today, we have some really good guests lined up, including former Raider tight end Teo Johnson, a guy who's been on the show before, uh, talking about M-Ride and what he has going on with M-Ride. But uh, he was also out there at practice today. And that's the other good thing. Like, you never know who you're going to run out to and run into when you're there at practice. And so it's funny as I'm putting the show together each and every day and Ari's working to put the show together as well. He's like, well, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking there? And I was like, well, I'm thinking let me go to practice first and see what uh, see what I see, see what the takeaways are, uh, you know, kind of see what direction I want to go in. And so then that's when I ran into Teo Johnson, who I never met in person. Uh, he'd been on the show before but never got a chance to, to catch up with him and see him in person. So my guy Mike Taylor uh, actually introduced me to him and started to talk to him. And uh, he started pointing out a few nuggets that he, uh, that he had, some little observations he had about the team. So I said, hey, <laughs> being the guy that I am, I said, hey, why don't you come on the show at 2.30 and talk about it? So he said, all right, I'll do it. So a former Raider tight end, Teo Johnson, will join the show at 2.30 just to talk about what he saw from practice day one, what it's like going to training camp as a player. How do you wake up in the morning, right? I mean, what, what is it like? Is it the first day of, of work feel? Like the first day I came here, you know, two years ago when I started at this radio station, I thought, woke up that morning and I was like, man, I'm ready to go. I was amped up. I was fired up. I was, I was you know, Pumped up, but that's a different ball game, right? They're going out there and they're they're working their tails off. They're sweating. It's a hundred and something out there. I mean, look, when I got to the to the facility, it was probably about seven, maybe seven thirty. It was already ninety outside. Now again, it didn't get 
scorching hot. It didn't get the you know 110, 112, whatever that the, the case may be, but it was still pretty stinking warm. So uh, you know, just kind of want to get Teo's thoughts on what training camp is like. You know, when you hit your first training camp, if you're a rookie or if you're a veteran. And you're going through training camp. So he'll join us at 2.30 to talk all things about the silver and black and also give us an update on what's going on with M-Ride. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, another one of my brothers that I saw out there uh, at the facility today. He's going to join us at 3 o'clock just to kind of give his thoughts on training camp. This is the first one with no Derek Carr. Not that it's you know it has to have Derek Carr, but, I mean, it's the first time in a long time. So you see Jimmy G out there. You see Aiden O'Connell out there. You see Brian Hoyer out there. You realize, wow. It's the first training camp without D.C. in a very long time. So he's obviously in New Orleans doing his thing. The Raiders have new quarterbacks in town. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously going to be uh, an adjustment period. Excuse me. I, uh, man, I, I had these. I, I, guess, I guess now the cat's out of the bag. I had these, um, what are those things called? Munchies, Ari? Munchies? Yeah, it's a bag. It's a bag of like, <laughs> oh, snacks. Oh, I was like, like the verb munchies. Like, no, okay. it's, it's like yeah, a bag. Mun- yeah, you're right. Munchies. Okay, they're yep. called the munch- they're called munchies or whatever like that. Anyway, <laughs> I got them at the corner store, and I've had them in my desk for a while, and they're the one thing that Jared hasn't taken <laughs> because he's taking. He took like my beef jerky that I had. Yeah. Uh, he took a Red Bull that I had. I mean, Jared, if he's like that Boundaries. scavenger, if if you, if he sees something, if he can sniff it out, he's gonna take it, and then later he'll be like, hey man, uh, by the way, he will admit. He always admits to. You know, hey, I, I took this. I t- I'll get you back later. Hey, mate. Right, exactly. He never gets you back, but he still always talks about it. So, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't let him steal my munchies. So, I had been out there at practice today, and it's it's hot. And so normally, and you said it even, you're like, I, I'll never see you eat, and I, I really don't. I never eat really before the show because, well, I just don't want to be in that kind of weird mood. But today, since it was hot, and you know, I was, I was sweaty, and I just had a meeting, and it was really weird. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take the next ten minutes just to eat these chips real quick, this little bag of munchies. And I got about halfway through, and so I, apparently I'm still trying to get through them. <laughs> so the, the 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 last one I had before I came in here somehow it still like got stuck in the back of my my mouth or something. I don't know. That's the worst. Yeah, it was. It's really weird. So I, apparently that's why I don't eat before I go on the air because weird things happen. So. I don't know, but I don't know. Those are really good. Have you ever had those? Yeah, there's a couple of different kinds, right? and that's like with what Doritos and pretzels. It's got Doritos and, and pretzels and yeah. like Cheetos and sun chips. Yeah, 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 yeah. sun chips. There you go. But I don't like the flaming hot stuff and all that. I'm good. I just want the regular, like real people stuff, not not um, super blazing hot. So anyway, long story short, that's what uh, that's what just choked me up right there is that last little munchie that I apparently had right before we came on the air. So with all that being said, Paul Gutierrez will join us at three o'clock to talk all things silver and black, and then at four o'clock. Coach Ken Carter, the real Coach Ken Carter, he'll join the show uh, to talk about slam ball. He's actually coaching up the Ramblers, so he'll talk about that, what's going on that was that last weekend. Obviously, we were there at the Cox Pavilion on Thursday. Uh, we were there on Friday to watch slam ball, and uh, his team participated throughout the course of the weekend. It's going to be a six-week thing, so he's here in Vegas for the next six weeks, and so running into him at uh, the Cox Pavilion over the weekend was really cool. So I said, hey, man, I got to get you on the show as well, talk about what you got going on, plus – that's the real coach, Ken, Ken Carter, <laughs> right? That name alone carries some weight. So uh, he's going to join the show coming up at 4 o'clock. At 3.30, we have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. as a lot of guys signing contracts around the NFL. And then at 4.30, we have Reason or Excuse. So uh, we got a lot to get to on today's show. The sound that we uh, we got from Raiders Media today, we talked to Devontae Adams, we talked to Marcus Epps, we talked to Max Crosby and Jimmy G. So you're going to hear from all of those guys throughout the course of the show as well. So please believe we're going to be very busy. And, of course, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, the don't be broke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. 
We already got text messages coming through, and we'll get to them in a hot minute. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Matter of fact, shout out to Paul Padalaw. They were just here at the radio station, just uh, had a nice little conversation with the fine folks at Paul Padalaw. We do appreciate them. We got a lot more coming up uh, involving Paul Padalaw, so definitely pay attention to that. But uh, now getting into the opening drive, I did want to ask the question. It is only the first day of training camp, so you're not going to get you're not going to get that hot take of, oh, this is what's happening or oh, this is how good this team's going to be. There's a lot to, to going into putting this team together, but it was the first day. So really, the simple question that I have, and it's a very simple question, and I want to hear from you, 69187, keyword r and also 702-365-9200. What is the one question that you feel like you need answered by the time camp is over? Obviously, you're not going to get that answer right now. You're not going to get that answer tomorrow. You're not going to get that answer by Friday. But the one question you'd like to see answered by this team, this coaching staff, whatever the case may be, somehow this organization, by the end of training camp, you want to know the answer to. That's the question that I throw out there to you. And I'll start things off. The one question I want to know is how quickly can this defense complement the offense? The one thing that we all cautioned all offseason long was, was Jimmy G going to be available? Was he going to be healthy to start training camp? He is. He's there. So I believe the offense is going to be really good. Can that defense, something I've been focused on, something I say every single day I'm going to be focused on, can the defense, even in the media sessions, when we're asking questions, I'm asking Devontae Adams, you know what I'm asking him about? The defense. I'm not asking, I know what Devontae Adams is going to do. I know who he is. Hell, Ari, as bad as he throws, could throw him a pass and he'd still get yards and get catches and get touchdowns. I know what Devontae Adams is going to do. I'm focused on the defense, so when I'm asking him, hey, man, you and Amik Robertson had a little moment, right? He had a nice little breakup on the pass, man. What was that like? And he starts laughing like, yeah, I want these guys to get fired up. Like, those are the kind of questions I'm going to ask. I, I have a feeling this offense is going to be really good, especially when J.J. returns. Whenever that, whenever that is, whenever he gets whatever situation he needs to get taken care of, whenever that gets handled, I think this offense is going to be nasty. So my one question that I want answered by the end of training camp, not five weeks in, like the offensive line was last year. It was five, six weeks before we knew who the starting five was on the offensive line. That can't happen again. I don't think it will. I want to know how quickly you can start to see this defense gel and come together, right? Again, we talked to Max Crosby. We talked to Marcus Sepps. Expectations are high. Max Crosby had a lot of things to say about raising the standard, and it was, it was a great thing to hear because we talked about that, something that uh, you know Marcus Peters said, the standard is set. The standard's going to change. It's set. Okay, guess what? He's helping out Max Crosby. Guys like that. Chandler Jones, he's got to step up and be a voice as well. How quickly can those guys come together? So for me, when it comes to the one question I want answered is about the defense. How quickly can it come together? Raider Mike in Colorado hit us up at 69187, keyword r q Did all the defensive players run with Max at the end of practice like he said? If not, who didn't run with him? I'm trying to see something. That's Raider Mike from Colorado. Raider Mike, I'll tell you this. After session 12, we went back into the media room. After they blow the whistle at session 12, we had to go back in. So there was about another 10 minutes of practice before, before it was actually over. So we didn't get to see the end. But Max did say everybody was running with them. Again, I'm, I'm not going to blow smoke up your backside and say, yeah, it happened. I'm also not going to say it didn't happen, right, because I have no reason to question what Max Crosby has to say. So we're, but we're not out there 
you know, when, when practice ends and then we get to see post-practice. There's a certain amount of time that we're allowed to be out there. So today it was 8.30 to 10, probably about 10.15 because the media session started around 10.30. So, or maybe it started a little bit earlier than that. Actually, I think it was about 8.30 to 10. And then the media session started about 10.15. It was scheduled to start around 10.30. So to answer your question, honestly, Raider Mike, I don't know. You know, and that's just, like I said, that's just me being 100% real. I don't know exactly uh, what they did post-practice because we were, by that time, we were sitting at our desk <laughs> waiting for the media session to start. And I'll tell you this, Devontae Adams came in immediately. As soon as, as soon as we got sat down, basically, Devontae Adams came walking through the door. So it wasn't very long after we sat down and got comfortable that uh, all of a sudden the, me- the media session started. So, again, uh, thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. But the question I throw out there, what is the one question you need answered by the time camp is over? 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r All right, who we got up? Rich. Rich. Where's Rich calling from? You know? Rich. Rich, r- welcome to the show. Where are you calling from, brother? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, Colin from Compton. Oh, Rich and Compton. Man, you got to say that with your chest. All right, Rich, what's on your mind? Uh, two questions. Number one, what happened to Demond? He's on our sister station right now. Okay. Question number two, uh, what do you think prediction for this year? How many wins we're gonna get? Um, and thank you for the call, Rich. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, Rich. I feel like the window is really large. I've said this a few times on the show. I feel like the the window is really, really large. Um, it could be anywhere, and we, we did this last week when we did uh, best case, worst case. I think the best case scenario, the Raiders are a 10-win team, right? If everything goes well, the offense plays really well, Jimmy G stays healthy, uh, they can go out there and they can compete with just about anybody, and the defense comes together and help, helps out the offense. I think they could be a 10-win team, and that's no BS. That's not me you know, looking through silver and black glasses. That's not rainbows and, and lollipops. That's best case scenario in my opinion. Worst case scenario is a big, is a big difference. It's like five wins. And that would mean Jimmy G gets health, uh, gets hurt. Uh, the defense doesn't do what they're supposed to do as far as coming together. And, well, they lose a lot of games. So, I mean, I, I, honestly, on July 26th, it's hard for me to give you a prediction. And I don't like being that guy that just throws out something and hopes that it sticks. I'm not that dude. So when I honestly tell you that I have a large window that's like 5 to 10, that's, that's, that's kind of where it is. And as they continue to build this, this being the first day of training camp, We'll start to see how it comes together. Maybe I'll have a better idea of what they'll be. Going to the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Mailman Raider said, Q, my question would be, is one of the young guys, is of the young guys, whether it be one, two, three, or four players, who steps up as a dog? Max says we need more dogs. Who looks like they're stepping up to be that dog? Hopefully we get multiples. That's Mailman Raider. And I'll say this. There was a couple deep shots that were taken today uh, by multiple different quarterbacks to multiple different wide receivers. But... Ja'Cory Bennett, I don't know how good he's going to be, but I'll tell you one thing he ain't going to be. He ain't going to get beat deep, <laughs> right? He ain't going to get beat deep. That dude can run with anybody. I'll tell you right now, like I said, I don't know how that, what that means as far as how good of a corner he's going to be, so I'm not trying to gas him up and say, hey, there you go, there's your shutdown corner. I'm not trying to say that at all. But I'm telling you right now, if you're running a, a, a deep route and Ja'Cory Bennett is on you, you better be on your giddy-up. Because he's not going to get beat deep. Like I said, he might not make the play. He might still get, you know, a, I don't know. But the guy could run. So that's, that's one thing that stood out to me today. Again, first day observations. Not going to come away and say, man, this guy stinks or this guy's great. He's all pro. You know, I'm not going not gonna to do that to you. Would not do that to you. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, I'll tell you right now, Ja'Cory Bennett, the young dude, fourth-round pick out of Maryland, 
he could run. So it'll be interesting. Really, we'll have better observations when they put the pads on. I'll say this, as far as the negative that I saw today, and I know this is probably me, me being hypercritical or overcritical or however you want to put it, but Devon Diablo put one on the ground. He had a ball that was thrown by Jimmy G right over the middle, should have been a pick, and he dropped it. And I immediately looked over at Paul Gutierrez. As a matter of fact, said, that can't happen. That can't happen. And I know he's a linebacker. He's not an offensive player. You know, I get it. Defensive guys aren't going to make the play every single time. But if you're, if you're changing the game, if you're changing the, the culture, if you're you know, raising the standard, plays like that have to be made confidently. It's got to be made. And it wasn't. And that, to me, that was disappointing. So Ja'Korian Bennett, he ain't going to get beat deep. And Devon Diablo, he put the ball on the ground. Simple as that. Mike from the OC, I would say we need to figure out the O-line before week one. If what we have doesn't work, then improve it. Uh, I don't want to rotate an O-line again like last season. Love the show. It's Mike from the OC. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on about that. And that's something that I mentioned, that that can't happen. They cannot have that problem again. They've got to – and I do think that they have a, a much better idea – of uh, you know who's going to be on the offensive line because they have a great starting point. Speaking of the offensive line, Jermaine Illuminor, he ran a lap today. And remember last year, guys were running laps, accountability. Remember they were running laps when they weren't, you know, when something didn't go right? Jermaine Illuminor. I saw him, uh, I saw him running a lap today. Got another text from uh, the 209. Yeah, Q, I'm, I'm with you in regards to the defense. Do they look like an improved unit? On paper, they look like they improved, but did they really? That's from the 209. That's where I'm at. That's, that's exactly where I'm at. Uh, 805, uh, 805 Raiders said, I want to know what the plan is. Jimmy G goes down and we have a winning record. It can't be Brian Hoyer. That's 805 Raider. And I don't know what the plan is as far as QB 1, 2, and 3. They were all out there. But the one thing, observation, that I liked from seeing practice today is I saw Jimmy G throw passes to Devontae. I saw Brian Hoyer throw passes to Devontae. I saw Aiden O'Connell throwing passes to Devontae. Meaning they're not just stuck on this is team one, team two, team three. It's a nice rotation. So all these guys are getting reps at the quarterback position with multiple guys. I like that. I think that that can go a long way if a guy has to step in. And Aiden O'Connell, side note, Aiden O'Connell throws a nice ball. I think he needs to settle down a little bit. I think he's still a little amped up. And who wouldn't be amped up on their first day of, of training camp as a rookie quarterback in the league and you're throwing to Devontae Adams? So he, I think he gets a little rushed at times, and the ball tends to, to, to sail a little high. Devontae made a hell of a catch on the sideline, but you don't want to see that consistently. But he throws a, he throws a, little, a, a nice pass. I mean, he's got a nice tight, tight spiral on it. You can see he's got the arm talent. He's just got to take a deep breath, calm down, relax, understand the moment, and just go. Michael Mayer, you want to talk about young guys? They could step up, and I know we're not talking about the defense anymore because we're talking about the tight end, but that dude, he made a couple tough catches. He made a couple tough catches on some passes that I thought, ooh, what, where, where, how did that come out that way? And then he just made the catch. And it reminded me, and I think I told, told Paul Gutierrez this as well, said, uh, yeah, that's a pass that I would have thrown. You know, something, something like he had at Notre Dame. He had, he had some quarterbacks thrown to him at Notre Dame that just weren't that good. But he was making plays, and that's what he did on that one. Similar to what... You know, Hunter Renfro, uh, especially when he first came into the league, did really well. Like, he would just make that catch, and you wonder, how in the hell did he make that catch? Like, that wasn't a great throw, but he would just make that catch. That's what Michael Mayer did today. Again, don't want to overreact. Just just day one. 
<laughs> you know, just not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer and not going to crown him that guy, but Michael Mayer is a guy to like. At least for me, he's a guy to like, talking about young dudes. Uh, El Paso Raiders said, what's, the, what's good, Q and Ari? How did Jimmy G look and how the energy around the team? Are players having fun and getting it done? How are our young defensive tackles looking? Great show, El Paso Raider. And look, I'll say this, and, and this was actually said to me first. It looked like they were further along on day one of training camp as opposed to what they were last year. It looked like guys were having a better understanding. And look, there's a lot of new faces there, but the leaders, the leadership is still there. And Devontae and Max, right? I mean, the offensive line for the most part, Andre James, guys like that. I mean, they, they were there able to make plays and not make plays. That's, that's, that's going too far. But they were able to look like they were more comfortable in advance. It seemed like they weren't taking baby steps to get to where they need to get, right? It, it feels like they probably should be, maybe today was like day three last year or day four last year. It just seemed like they were a little bit more advanced than they were even a year ago. So thank you so much for that. Keep those texts and calls coming, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What is the one question you need answered by the time training camp is over? Now, real quick, I did want to play a couple sound bites from Jimmy G as he met with the media. He was one of the, the players that met with them. We met with Devontae Adams, Marcus Epps, Max Crosby, and, of course, Jimmy G as well. So one of the, the questions asked to him was about Coach McDaniels basically sitting down with him and, give, and him giving input to what he does really well, how to get the most out of him, and what he thought about the coach asking for the input. Uh, it, was, it was awesome, man. Uh... So I always saw Josh and Tom do that back in New England. <clears throat> thought it was really cool. Thought it was just that's just smart football when the play caller and the quarterback are working together like that. And uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Uh, I felt good to get back into that. Just uh, putting your two senses in, uh, two cents in as a quarterback, uh, and certain plays that you liked in a certain offense. And it's new to Josh, new to me, and we're just trying to make it all work. But yeah, it's it's been really cool. Uh, I enjoyed the process with him. I think. I think that's important. I really do. You know, having a quarterback that's giving input on what he likes to do really well, what's comfortable to him, especially early on, getting Jimmy G acclimated to this new offense, even though it's an offense that he was in, but he was in years ago. It wasn't like he was just in it last year. So he's coming from the Kyle Shanahan offense to the Josh McDaniels offense. So a coach sitting down and talking to him one-on-one, to me what I picture in my mind is Sean McVay turning his back on the team when the defense was on the field when he first took over with the Rams and him just going to sitting down by the quarterback saying, okay, this, this is what we're doing. Like, write something up on the, on the chalkboard. Okay, this is what we're going to be doing. All right, this is what we're working on. And all I can see is Sean McVay sitting on a, a Gatorade, you know, the little Gatorade tub, and him talking to the quarterback, Jared Goff at the time, saying, all right, this is, this is what we're going to do. I think it's really smart for the coach and the quarterback just to sit there and work out plays. How about – well, the best wide receiver he's ever had to, to, to play with, Devontae Adams. So what was his thoughts on working with Devontae Adams? This is the first time they've been on the grass together, their very first practice. How did he feel about it? Yeah, uh, I mean, on, on one of the routes I threw him, <laughs> I asked him if he was going full speed. And I was like, was that your – because he's just so smooth, man. It looks effortless. And I thought I overthrew him on one of the deep balls. He ended up getting to it. <clears throat> so it was just things like that that it's a, it's a luxury as a quarterback to have a guy like that. <clears throat> I just got to get used to it. So it's uh, – it was really cool, and I'm glad to have him, man. And who wouldn't be happy to have Devontae Adams, right? I mean, he, he cleans up a lot of things that may look like mistakes, and you heard Jimmy say, I thought I overthrew him, and Devontae caught up to it. Now, there was a play that was overthrown. Devontae was overthrown. It wasn't by uh, Jimmy G. I believe it was Brian Hoyer who threw it. It was overthrow, you know, and it was, it was one of those where you're like, man, you'd like to see him hit that one, right? And, again, it was Brian Hoyer. You'd like to see him hit him, but he didn't. He overthrew him. But, again, first day. 
first day of training camp. You can't overreact one way or the other. Can't crown them. You know, I, I jokingly was walking out of the out of the practice uh, area and walking back to the media room, and I told Vic Tafer, I said, "There you go, first day. Uh, that's that, that's the first day of training camp on the way to the Super Bowl, right?" And he just he just kind of laughed. It was like, "Well, what was you know what was the observations?" And so you know, we just rattled off a couple of ideas back and forth. But it's just it's one of those things like you have to realize that it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Final sound bite that we have from Jimmy G, and then we'll take a break and get to Teo Johnson, former Raider tight end here, to talk about what he saw from the first day of practice and what he thinks about this Raiders team coming up. Was the question that I asked specifically, and this is something that's been talked about on this show, is building chemistry with the offensive line. And I really want to focus on, on the center because that's something that has got to be worked out and worked out quickly. You don't want those guys not being on the same page. Uh, it's it's a process. I mean, it's like anything in this in this league, especially uh, the I mean, the center and me, we just got to be on the same page, especially with the mic points, protections, things like that. It's a little different in this offense than most. But, uh, you know, Andre and me, I thought we had a pretty good day today. Just getting the cadence and them feeling my rhythm with the cadence, I think it'll just it'll take time. But, uh, yeah, we got to get it sooner rather than later. They do. They need to get it together sooner rather than later. I don't know what the plan is for Jimmy G in preseason, but I, I do think it would be smart if he got a few reps at least. Just to get it in a in a you know a game setting. Now I do think the two joint practices are going to help against the Niners and also against the Rams. I think that that will help kind of get them into a rhythm. But that's something that I think is is going to be very important. And that was something that did not come out of my brain. That was something that someone called in and said, "Hey, that's that's how quickly, or we want to see how quickly Jimmy and that offensive line can get together and be on the same page." They do need to learn his cadence. You know, they do need to know, Andre has to know where Jimmy wants the ball when he snaps it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. When he's under center, when he's in shotgun, what the case may be. I mean, they've got to, they got to work that out. It's not as simple as just, oh, I'm going to go under there and snap it and he's going to get it, right? And then, I'll, uh, like he said, calling out the protections as well. So that was Jimmy G. You'll still you'll hear from other guys uh, throughout the course of the show, like Devontae Adams, also Max Crosby, and some Marcus Epps. We'll get all those guys in in just a bit. The question I threw out there, what is the one question you need answered by the time camp is over, you want answered, whatever the case may be. 69187, keyword r Teo Johnson, former Raiders tight end, joins the show next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae, the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 10, 5, dives, touchdown Raiders! You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Through the question out there, 69187, keyword r what is one question you need answered or you want answered by the time Training camp is over, 69187, keyword r and we don't have a guest, you can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. We're broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari's behind the wheels of steel, and I'm with you here till 5 o'clock. One question that we had real quick on the 209. My question is, can the running back room work together as a unit and produce numbers without Josh Jacobs? That is a good question. I don't think it's a question that's going to need to be answered, but it is a very good question. We do appreciate that. Join us now on the phone lines. It's former Raider tight end Teo Johnson, also COO of M-Ride. And Teo, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. It was great to actually finally meet you in person today at, uh, at practice, man. How'd you feel on day one at training camp? Likewise, Q, it was great to meet you in person, too, man. It was great. It was great to be out there. I mean, what an amazing facility these guys got here. And uh, it was great to see you know, them live and in, 
and in color. And uh, I don't know about you, but they look they look dangerous and they look crisp out there and they look super positive from what I could see. So when you are preparing yourself for training camp and, and Teo Johnson is thinking about going to training camp and the first day is coming up, it's like the first day of school. What's going through your mind? Um, you know, it's just a lot of anxiousness. Um, you're ready to get out there, but you also, it's like the beginning of a marathon. So, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot going through your head, but, uh, the great thing is that this team isn't having to learn a new system. So you, these guys can go out there and you can go out there and basically do what you've been doing all off season and the season before and just fly around and not have to think too much and just focus on the physical parts of the, of the practice. You know, and you mentioned the facilities, and they have the the great weight room. They have the three football fields. They have the ice cooler box. I mean, they have everything out there. How much easier is that for these players to go through training camp when they have those kind of facilities and trainers and staff that can help them out along the way? I think there's definitely something to it to having everything just state-of-the-art and right there and dialed in. And, you know, all these guys got to do is really just show up and, and be the best athlete they can be. Um, everything's right there for him, first class. Um, you know, I really, I really think it was a, it's a prestigious facility these guys get to, to operate in, and I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. And again, you were out there, you were observing practice. I was out there observing practice. But on day one, there was, you know, a, a handful of fans out there as well and some family members out there, the players. Uh, what was that like, just kind of interacting with players and, or with fans and, and just being able to see them see the, the, the practice as well for the first time? Yeah, I think everybody just, there was a, a real upbeat, positive vibe. I think everybody was, you know, just kind of taking it in and then, when you saw that they saw the superstars of Devonte and, and Jimmy and, and Crosby come by, everybody kind of, you know, went crazy. Um, I, I, I think as a fan, that was probably one of the best training camp experiences you could have. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool seeing them out there on the very first day, and and I didn't know that they were going to be out there on day one, but it was it was nice to see that and see people recognizing players, even even recognizing us, you know, guys that that deliver the the conversation each and every day. Again, it was just great to be out there for the first day. It felt like the first day of school, like a almost a family reunion type thing uh, uh, out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So, Taylor, one of the things you said to me when when we were talking was you mentioned Michael Mayer, the second round tight end. What are you seeing from him that could potentially make him special? Well, first of all, he, he doesn't look like a rookie out there. Um, and I think this kid is a problem for anybody trying to not just cover him in the pass game, but, but in the run game as well. Um, when he stands out on an outside linebacker or, or blocks with the, uh, the tackle up to the linebacker, it's, uh, this guy's going to really help us in the run game and the pass game. And i got to speak on Austin Hooper, too. He's um, yeah. a great kid. I've got a chance to meet him. Um, he's just impossible not to like as a person and you saw a couple plays out there. He's got those soft basketball hands, mm-hmm. super athletic. He made a catch, you know, on the sideline that, you know, only kind of a basketball player kind of tight end can make. And, um, you know, I'm impartial because I'm a little biased because I went to Stanford, but, you know, I've met his parents and he's just, just a wonderful family. And to have that guy in the locker room is just nothing but positive. And, you know, I'm just picturing him and Mayor going up the middle with Devontae in single coverage, and that's just that's a dangerous thing for, for anyone trying to cover him. It's funny you mentioned that catch by Hooper. I remember exactly what play that was in the defensive back, and I think it was Decorian Bennett was just about on his back. But you're right he, right, he he blocked him out like a you know like he he was a center in basketball, and, and he, yeah. he would have had to go through him to make a play. So that those are the kind of plays that guys like Hooper and Michael Mayer can make. 
Yeah, and Jimmy G was just being Jimmy G out there. He throws such a smooth pass. Not only that, he has such a quick release. Uh, I thought he saw that one pass he threw to Devontae uh, where he caught it on the one-yard line on the mm-hmm. state and didn't have to break stride. And it's just you kind of see what's coming, and it's, it's super exciting. You know, one of the things I keep saying, Teo, is that, you know, as long as everything continues to come together and Josh Jacobs, and I do believe he'll be there sooner rather than later once everything on the business side gets taken care of, this offense could be really nasty. What what are your thoughts on just the potential of what this offense could look like? I think, you know, you're looking at one of the first first or second best offenses in the AFC West. You know, I got all the faith in Josh McDaniels and his system. I mean, it's, it's been proven. And I saw him walking around, you know, putting his arm around guys, patting them on the back. It was a super positive vibe. I think you saw it too, too. Yeah, no, I did. Again, we're talking with former Raider tight end Teo Johnson here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How much improvement and how much how much easier do you think, and I guess easy is the wrong word, it is for Josh McDaniels this year, since it is year two and kind of knows a lot of the players already and what they can do. And even some of the drills today, it looked like, Teo, they were already in like day three of training camp instead of day one. Exactly, man. You know, I saw I saw the same thing with the you know the line looked like they were all stepping in concert. Nobody jumped off sides. Everybody was crisp, and the defense looked crisp too. There was that one play uh, number twenty four. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he he broke up a pass one on one on Devontae. And, you know, that was big league. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think this defense is going to surprise people. So um, I'm just super excited for these guys to get going. Everybody's healthy. I hope we can stay healthy. And uh, I think we're going to shock people. Not me, but certain people. Right. No, there's no doubt. And, and there's a lot of people on the outside. The outside noise is not expecting a whole lot from the Raiders. But, Teo, I think that that could be a good thing. I mean, last year I went into the season thinking they were going to, you know, be running with the Chiefs, 10, 11, 12 wins, no doubt, because of the addition of Devontae Adams. And it obviously didn't play out that way. Is it a good thing that there's not a whole lot of high expectations right now? They could just go ahead and build it and just continue to go? Absolutely. I think. You know, once you get on a roll and you guys, uh, you know, people start winning, it's, it's contagious. And I think winning is becoming contagious in this city. And, you know, uh, the best deodorant in the world is winning. I think all those naysayers won't have much to say when, you know, this team is on a roll and, and in first place in their division. And that's all that they need to just eat this elephant one bite at a time. It's a long season. Um, and before you know it, you know, you could be 4-0, you could be 5-1, and and people will stop talking the way they're talking now. Right, and I mean, again, when when you're winning, then all of a sudden the expectations change and the conversation changes. But when you're in training camp and, and you don't want to go too high, too low, you don't want to get fired up by you know one practice or get too low on, on maybe a bad practice that you felt you had, what is the, the main goal once you get through training camp? Like, how, how, what, what is the expectations when you get to the end of training camp, what you want to get accomplished? I think you want to be playing the best football um, you can in the first four games of the year. And, you know, you break the season up in the four quarters. You also want to be playing your best football in the last four games of the year. So I think coming out fresh and strong and, and, and having your, you know, everything tightened up and everyone being healthy and, you know, the locker room just being positive and led, you know, led by the veterans, veterans and the head coach, and, um, get these rookies playing at a high level early. I think it's super important. 
And you got to do it one day at a time. You can't do it two, three days at a time. You got to do it just one day at a time, brick by brick. Well, Teo, not only were you a former Raider tight end, obviously, but also the COO of M-Ride. And last time we talked to you about M-Ride, uh, the, the Stanley Cup hadn't been won yet by the Golden Knights, but we were talking about the possibility of uh, what was going to happen if they did win. They went on to do that. Uh, you've been doing some really good things in the city with M-Ride. Just tell us where we are right now with it. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, we're excited. It's our, our kickoff year with the Raiders. We'll be um, picking up people at the Circa Resort and bringing them to the Legion Stadium and, and back to Circa. So we're really providing people a luxury shuttle opportunity for, for them to get to the Legion Stadium and get out of the Legion Stadium um, and get back to the Circa Resort. Uh, we're super excited to give this service to the fans. Um, and if you want to check us out on mridelv.com, you can book your shuttle tickets now, super affordable, and we're just giving people another way to ride to the game, and we also alleviate the traffic for everybody going to the game. So we're, we're excited to provide this service to everybody here in Las Vegas. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of traffic here in Las Vegas, but it's not just Raider games that M-Ride provides, you know, shuttles to, right? I mean, you can go to many different things, including concerts. Yep, we're doing the Beyonce concert, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, all the major events at Allegiant, you can catch a shuttle with us. And, uh, we, you know, the service we've been providing in the Bay Area for some time, and, and people like it there, and that's why we decided to bring it here. And we use local luxury bus companies, so, you know, it's, it's a good thing for everybody. Yeah, it really is. Let them know the website again to check out uh, M-Ride. Yeah, it's mridelv.com, and it's really the only place you can buy a single seat on a luxury bus to events at Allegiant Stadium. So, that's what I'm talking check about. Check it out. I, hey, man, luxury buses is right up my alley. <laughs> that's, yeah, right like the pro. That's how the, that's how the players get to the game, and we're giving the same experience to the fans. That's right. That's what, like, I can say what you want to say about me, but I enjoy it. So uh, there you go. <laughs> like a limo. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, man, you know, you got to fake it till you make it, and I'm I'm all right with that. You know, that's 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 what we do, mridelv.com. Teo, thanks so much, man. Again, it was great oh. catching up with you today, and we'll catch up soon. God bless you. Shout out to JT, the brick, the legend. Thank you so much, Keith. Appreciate you, man. No doubt, no doubt. Appreciate you. Tao Johnson, former Raiders tight end, also the COO of M-Ride, just giving us a little bit of thoughts on what he saw from the first day of practice. Things that, you know, also talking about training camp and what you want to, you know, you want to do, get it accomplished in practice. And that's kind of what we've been talking about when I say what is the one question you need answered by the time that camp is over. We had the question about the running back position. You saw many different guys out there running the rock, of course, led by Zamir White. And I actually had somebody on my podcast uh, bring up a name that I hadn't thought about, but that's Sincere McCormick. Sincere McCormick was a guy that was uh, picked up as an undrafted free agent in May last year. He was also IR'd in May last year. And so it felt very, and I say this in air quotes, very Latavius Murray to me where they stashed him on IR, not this staff, but the staff that had Latavius Murray on their roster, stashed him on IR and then all of a sudden really used him later on. Sincere McCormick was a hell of a running back at UTSA. Now, you don't believe me. Go back and look at the numbers. I mean, the dude the dude got it done, and it was just, I don't want to say funny, but again, they, they picked him up in May. They IR'd him in May. He was out there today. Just a name. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just a name to pay attention to. Remember that we talked about Sincere McCormick out of UTSA. 244 is the time. Again, what is the one question you need answered by the time camp is over? Let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us at the top of the hour. Give his observations. We just talked to former Raider tight end Teo Johnson. 
Got a text. 69187 keyword r from Mailman Raider. Good friend of the show. Q, there was an emergency broadcast test. Did you ask about Mayor? I did, and sorry about that. It happens. <laughs> I mean, those EAS tests, or, or sometimes they're actually broadcast, uh, they, they break in and we don't even hear it. So we have no idea on our end if it happens. But we did uh, ask, or I did ask about uh, Michael Mayer, and, and Teo was very high on him. He likes the fact that he can catch the ball really well, and he's excited about his blocking. And, and he also talked about Austin Hooper as well. And Austin Hooper made a really nice catch today. A really nice catch where he had Jacorian Bennett basically on his back. And me, uh, with my defensive back mind going, Get, make that play! Come on, Jacorian, make that play! He literally, to make that play, would have had to go through. <laughs> he would have had to go through Michael Mayer, or um, uh, Austin Hooper, I should say. And that's obviously not going to happen, or that would be a penalty anyway. But it was a really good job that Hooper did as far as, and he, he was getting his best Hooper on, no pun intended, I guess. He did a good job of blocking out. Really did. And made himself available, made a nice catch on the sideline. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about Mayer, uh, but one of the things that Teo pointed out was just the, the fact that he could block. And a lot of times last year you saw those runs to the outside with Josh Jacobs, and he wasn't able to get to the outside because the, it wasn't a seal. The block wasn't sealed, right? It just wasn't. And so they were, they were able to get to, to you know whoever was running the ball. So that's something that Mayer's going to have to do. That's something that Hooper's going to have to do. Howard, wh- whoever's out there, is going to have to do that from the tight end position. So uh, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Got a text from Jim from Yonkers. He said, the starting offensive line announced and all set to go. Thank you. That's a response to what is the one question you need answered by the time camp is over. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of folks, including myself, continue to think back to last season and the fact that, you know, four, five, six games into the season, there still was not a starting offensive line. And that just can't happen. I mean, those guys, they have to be in lockstep with each other. Perfect example, I want to say it was last Thursday. It was, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, one of the two. Uh, myself and Lil Q, we were out. Uh, Vegas Jess was out with us. And we were at a restaurant, and we saw a couple of the Raiders. They came you know, rolling in there, a couple of offensive linemen. But it was a couple of offensive linemen rolling in together. You know why? Offensive linemen do everything together, right? I mean, that's just what it is. If you see one, guess what? There's another one coming, right? If, if he's not there immediately, he'll be there in a minute. That's just, I mean, that's just what it is. And be surprised if it's only two, right? It just happened to be only two at the time. It was Brandon Parker and, and, uh, and uh, Colton Miller. But that's just what happens. I mean, offensive linemen, they roam together. Special teams guys like Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole, they roam together, right? It's just certain position groups are always together. That's just how they're built. And offensive linemen, so going back to last year, not having a starting offensive line of five or six guys or five guys, you know, five or six weeks into the season, just wasn't going to cut it. And I know that that's what they had to do to figure out who it was going to be because it was obviously very hard to put it together during training camp and preseason because you're not really getting the same kind of burn that you would get, you know, during, during a game. But this year I think that they have a much better idea. Like they got starting five. I'm assuming four spots are probably solidified. You know, I mean, at least have a really good idea. And I think that they'd feel comfortable if they had to and say, you know what, we can, we're going to run with these, these five right here. And then maybe if someone steps up during camp and, and really surprises some people, then all of a sudden there, there could be a change. But for the most part, I think that they'd be comfortable with, okay, these five right here. Like they could probably tell you today that they'd be comfortable with these five guys. But, of course, they're going to have that competition during training camp and during preseason to see if that spot can be solidified or not. Uh, Cucamonga Raider hit us up at 69187, keyword r and Again, the question, what is one question you need answered by the time camp is over? 
I don't know. think this would be answered by week one, but how improved are we going to be with our red zone efficiency this year? We've been at the end of the pack the last few years, leaving points on the board. That could have been the deciding factor in a few games the past year. That's Cucamonga Raider. And, man, it seems like some, some themes just never go away, right? I don't know how many years we've talked about the red zone offense. I couldn't tell you how many years, but it has been a lot, right? Going back to whatever coach you want, pick a coach. <laughs> pick a coach, and, and, and it's been a red zone issue. That has got to be something, and that's something I was excited about with Josh McDaniels when he took over last year because I felt like his play calling in the red zone was going to be a lot better. Now, it obviously wasn't as efficient as it was supposed to be. What I like about Jimmy G is that he does a really good job throwing the ball into the end zone. He, I mean, if you go and look at the numbers, just looking at the numbers, I'm not just a strictly number guy, but if you go look at the numbers, he does a really good job. He's really efficient in the red zone, and I believe they have guys that can get it done in the red zone. We know Josh Jacobs can find the end zone, right? He's damn near double-digit touchdowns each and every year, if not double digits. So that's one. That's a way to get it done on the ground. But you have Devontae Adams, who's very efficient in the red zone. You have Hunter Renfro, who's very efficient in the red zone. You have Michael Mayer, who I could believe, who I believe is going to be able to to be able to block guys out, similar to what we saw with Austin Hooper today, and make plays in the red zone. Go back and look at his numbers at Notre Dame. You know what he did really well? He got touchdowns. Right, and he was catching passes from guys like Ari, me, Paul Gutierrez. You know, like guys that aren't worth the salt throwing the ball. He was catching touchdown passes from Jacoby Myers. He's got the size to go up and make a play. I think there's a lot to like about the potential, but it's I got to put that p word out there because I don't know. I got to throw the p word out there of potential. I think they have a good chance to be potentially really dangerous in the red zone, but they've got to go do it. We've talked about it, and we've made reasons why they should be really good at it before, and it hasn't come to fruition. So obviously I'm not going to tell you right now after day one of practice that, yep, that red zone offense is clicking, but that's a great question, Cucamonga Raider, great question. And we might not know. We, well, we won't know, right? We won't know until probably the first quarter of the season is over, the first four games, how efficient they'll really be in the red zone. But that's something that's got to be a focus this year. It's got to be a focus to get better in the red zone. 255 is the time. This is Red Nation Radio 920.